Gotta get up, gotta get out, gotta get home. Gotta get up, gotta get out. and come. Right? You haven't watched enough episodes for that to just be continually on repeat. Oh. Ironically, in your head. Yeah. Episodes of Russian Doll. Yes. No, I haven't. I haven't yet. Since we're going to talk about a Netflix series yes. uh, later on, uh, I just figured that, uh, should we spoil our review? <laughs> <laughs> we want to talk about some good, some enjoyable first episodes yes. of Netflix shows to prove that not everything on Netflix is crap. I uh, Yeah, I would agree with that. If you just threw down your hat um, or your helmet or whatever you've got, <laughs> a headdress, uh, and you said, Netflix products suck. Right. I think that that would be, that's a strong supposition. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. I mean, nothing is absolute, and there are exceptions to everything, but you are you're, you could probably get away with saying something like that. Probably. So, uh, before we uh, provide our evidence yes. <laughs> of that hypothesis, mm-hmm. I thought we would maybe talk about some stuff that's actually that pretty good. It is actually pretty good, first yeah. episodes. Yeah. Like like Russian Doll, for example. Um, I think that had a pretty strong first episode. Um, Has she? This is Natasha Leon. Leon we're talking about. Yes. Um, Slums of Beverly Hills or whatever was her breakout thing. Uh-huh. And then she was like the other girl in the American Pie thing. Right. Has she just... Has she always been this way? What do you mean? Like uh, f- funny, irreverent? Like, what do you mean? I mean like... Pure distilled New York Jew. <laughs> like this is the good stuff. Yeah. This is the concentrate you make the matzo soup from. Sure. Um, and I, I love it. If she had been this way her whole career, I would be a big fan of her. Mm-hmm. But instead she was in, in like a couple teen movies. And then I guess, you know, I think she had some problems and wasn't like doing a lot of work. And then she'll show up as the friend sure. of, um, I don't know, Alison Brie or something and right. something. But now she's got this and it's like, I love this Richard Lewis thing that she's got going on. It's great. <laughs> um, I mean, she pokes, she, she smokes like a, a significant amount of cigarettes. Um, and like just within this one hour of television, like I don't even know That's how what you much. Focus on. Huh? That's what you focus on. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> she's she's definitely got a smoker voice. I've and... seen the yeah, I've seen the entire series. You've seen the first episode. Yes. So it seems like you want to see more. What is drawing you to it? Um. Well, inventory it, the positive aspect. Sure. Of the show. I I have heard that it is about time travel, and we see that within the first episode, um, already, and it's um. Pretty violent in parts, too, which I was not expecting. Um, And her cat oatmeal being lost is a huge plot point. Plot point. Yes. And and then her finding him and then him disappearing. So there there are some cosmic elements here or something is at play. And she's trying to put the pieces together, but she's the only one who knows that she's repeating the same night right and uh you know living through the same things so which um, if you live on earth mm-hmm. the first thing you do is go oh my god i'm groundhog daying right 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 like i you know i mean i don't know if she watches like harold ramus movies but 
She's got to know that. She's right. 36, they say it. So right. she must be culturally aware of Groundhog Day. I would Apparently think so. in Happy Death Day, they they do do that. I think they're trying to avoid a full-on Randy and Scream scenario. But okay. like one of the characters is like a movie buff type character and he's like Oh, so you're like doing a Groundhog Day? Oh, okay. So, so they they're just like hands off. We don't want to do that. We don't want to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do like. Be careful how... with that lampshade uh, in your dorm room. I know. Uh, it could catch on fire. I know. I do like how in the one where she like falls off the railing and goes into water, like she wakes up at the party or whatever, and she's like spitting out water. I don't think that continues because I noticed that and I had Happy Death Day on my mind and that is a thing in Happy Death Day. However, okay. she, however she dies, she comes back, you know, if she choked to death on nacho cheese, like she'd wake up With coughing up nacho, nacho cheese. Okay. I've never seen Happy Death Day. Is it worth a watch? I've heard that it's um not great, but oh. uh, but fun. Okay. All so, right. Oh. When we did our uh, 2018 uh, horror uh, show, we didn't uh, yeah. we didn't do that. No, we didn't. <laughs> That's right. Um, I okay. I guess I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought the characters were kind of fun and quirky, and like she's she's like I don't know. I, you just really like her. I, there's something there's something about her. She's not, um, you know, like. No, exactly. She's not pretentious. Although she goes home and has sex with, with the pretentious guy. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, she's not above that. Um, and her friends are like weird and out there and stuff like that. Um, and her ex is there and they have a plot line where she's hanging out with her ex. Yeah. Um, well, um, we should we got to move forward because we can't okay. do all show on this. But I'll say real fast that what's cool about this conceit uh, even though it's been done, so if you're going to do something that's already been done, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Is that it's you could probably tell that the show is going to be about less about time travel and more about like self development for her, right? And so having it, it's a great mechanic to have us see a development of the relationship between her and these other characters because every time they interact. It's going to be different. For them, it's the same time. You right. know, it's just a single interaction. But for her, it becomes an ongoing conversation. And what the show does really well over its run is c- track where she's at with all these people. You know, um, she it's, it's like the it's like the it's like Phil Connors uh, learning piano lessons. He sure. comes to the how does it work? He goes to the piano teacher. She goes, "What do you know? I don't know anything." Great, right? Right. A couple weeks go by. Right. What do you know? Oh, I know some scales and stuff. Great. Right. I always wondered, what day did he stop going to the piano teacher? <laughs> Comes in, he's like, uh, well, she's like, well, what, 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 what can you do? Uh, let's see. Right, right. I'm done here. Okay, but that one note was wrong. It's like, at what point did they reach that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, let's keep going. I don't want to introduce us yet. Oh, okay, all right. Anything else you've seen on Netflix? That isn't the show we're eventually going to talk about? Yes. I uh, just watched the first episode of Sex Education with Jillian uh, Anderson. <laughs> yeah, and, special guest, Jillian y- Anderson. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was um, it was different than I thought it was going to be. Uh, it's really funny. Um, I, I mean, it is, it's, a, it's a sex comedy. Yeah. More or less. And she is a sex therapist and her son is like horrified by this. But somehow 
through hearing his mom talk a whole lot, he is kind of through osmosis or what have you, he he kind of has the same or similar gift of being a sex therapist or the potential to be. I'm listening. Yes, exactly. Right. Uh, but he has his own issues as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> doing a great job so far. It's got characters that are, uh, you know, high school yes. archetypes, because I don't think you can really do it without that. Right. Uh, but yet, it's that twist. Yes. I'd compare it to, here's another show that we've seen the first episode of, we like, it's not on Netflix, yet, uh, Deadly Class. Right. Where it's like, okay, you've got the nerd, you've got the quote-unquote slut, you've got the jocks or whatever, but they're also like assassins who come right. from certain things. Exactly. And in this... You've got a cast of characters like him, uh, the main character, Otis, and his friend are like nerdy yes. guys, but they're not like your typical kind of nerds. And you've got the bully, but he's got this whole connection because he's the son of the headmaster and this right. thing. And then you've got the his girlfriend who breaks up with him and she's like nice and not... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Malignant, you know? Right. She's not like a bad person. No. But she wants to be a part of the clique. And the of whole the, the whole thing about group. Mean Girls is yeah. like Katie or whatever her name is, uh, you know, it try gets sucked in. But she's like, this is wrong. And she gets out of it. Right. But she just wants to be a part of them. And they abuse her. But she's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm vegan now. And we'll just do this. Right. We'll just do that. You got to break up with your boyfriend. Okay, I'll just break up with my boyfriend. I know, right? So she's like kind of a villain. She's a villain of his story of um, yes of that character of Adam's, of Adam's story. story. Yeah, but she's not like a villain, you know. And there are multiple sort of connections in the show like that. And I haven't seen the whole thing, but I have seen a couple more episodes, and that only gets better. Like you really like all of these characters, mm -hmm. and that's good because you know these are kids. They're not adults. Um, they're not, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, uh, an adult villain has made a decision to be a villain. Right. Whereas teens are just trying to survive mm -hmm. high school. And so they get into conflicts with each other and have to get kind of realistic about if they're acting immature or if they're hurting other people. And the show right. does a really great job with all that and delivers a, a lot of fun and stuff, too. You'd think, oh, what's the dumb teen sex jokes you're going to come up with. Right. Uh, a lot of original stuff, except for the very first bit, which is totally stolen from 40, 40 Days, Days and 40, 40 Nights, <laughs> which I apologize for making you watch. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I forgive you. So I, we, we, I, did, we started watching Sex Education. Yes. I saw that bit and I was like, all right, downshift. We're going to watch 40 Days and 40 Nights. Right. The horniest movie ever made. Yes. And then once that was over, I was like, okay, now we can watch the horniest TV show ever made, Sex Education. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get him in the right order, right? Right. But yeah, it's um, it's good, and I mean, it's you know, R rated, yeah, uh, at least, and it's on Netflix. So I mean, your mileage may vary, but I honestly think that it would be you know helpful for some teens to watch this show. I think that it that they would learn from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially as it goes right. on, I, I think that um, there's some kind of good lessons in it. Okay. In a, in a filthy rapper. <laughs> Yeah, that Julian uh, Anderson is like totally cool with just schooling you on. Um, I mean, yeah, like, she's she's good. Yeah, I mean she she's very laid back, and um, her son is in incredibly embarrassed by her. He's good too. Yeah, he is. That kid's good. Yeah, yeah. Asa Butterfield or whatever his name is. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, um, he's really good. So anyway, yeah, I would recommend those. I would recommend those as Let's well. Let's talk about a show. <laughs> the recommendation of which uh-huh. is up in the air. Yeah. It's up in the air. Yeah. Falling down mm. onto, say, an umbrella. Yes. If you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resident Evil? There's a Resident Evil show? Why isn't there a Resident Evil show? <laughs> I, I don't know. Let's introduce ourselves. We're the Justin F. Trope Podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mika Hana. And we're here to bring you all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment. Mm-hmm. Also, impressions. Yes. Uh, I do the Nixon one. What do you got? You got FDR, right? Uh, it's yeah, kind of more of a straightforward sure. uh, one. And yeah, try to work infamy into a couple of these uh, (laughs) exchanges. Uh, No, but we're here to talk about genre entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes that means uh, science fiction and fantasy. Sometimes that just means the teen sex comedy genre. Right. Or the uh, New York Jewish woman on a journey of (laughs) self-discovery. Right. Uh, That encompasses uh, one day in her life lived over and over and over again. Right. Um, You've been Groundhog Day. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Or, um, come on, help me out. Um, I should point out that you're you're umbrellas and you're Jewish, so we can do this. Oh, um, Uh, what what are we what are we doing? Um, What do they have in uh, in Israel? And what do they have have in Israel? I. You could have said anything. Um, Uh, They don't have groundhogs, but uh, do they have uh, no prairie dogs or something uh, like that? I don't know. Porcupine day. Um, uh, they have people having this, this, the spits, the the. I'm I'm just. I should my mention wheels. that you're not very Jewish. <laughs> uh, is that a wig? Uh, I don't know. Her hair looks amazing. No, yours. Hey. Yeah, no, hers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks amazing. If it's a wig, it's an amazing wig. Is that like if you? Pulled up a Netflix red carpet. Would she look like that? Is that her? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm, I'm just saying. Are they doing? Is it a choice for the show, or, or is that her look? Because yeah, it's a good look. But um, I'm gonna go with that's her look. She looks. What do you think that there is? That just hey, she's quirky because mm-hmm. we get that in the show. Yes. Or is it? She looks like the main character for a series of children's books. You know, doesn't she? Yeah, just like the curly red hair yeah just kind of like... i can't remember the character's name already oh okay you're and I know really it's something about that is memorable and i should remember it's like ends with a vowel ends with a vowel <laughs> like okay like no other name so as we know it's one name the one that ends in a vowel um uh, but anyway uh you know russian doll and the man man the men on the moon you know sure. russian doll and the and butterscotch the... jet pilots you know, I like and then that she's one. like, man, she's right. got the hair coming she's out. She's got the hair. Right? Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. But is it like infantilizing her? Oh. I kind of felt like it was like kind of like an aura, like almost. Like it was like just like surrounding her face and like just, you know. Saying stay away? <laughs> no, I don't think it's like saying stay away. Um, is it? Is it hiding her? Is she? Is she hiding in it? I don't think she's it's hiding her because it's not like covering her face at all it's like away from her face yeah um well i mean we want to see the actress yes i think it's kind of like an exclamation point you know like this is our main character you know like yeah. uh she's got fantastic red hair yeah so i i, I think it's kind of drawing attention to spending her. so much time on this i know um <laughs> well i don't think that it's any surprise that it is a um a story of growth and i don't think i deserve any cookie for connecting it as a story of growth to the two major things that we're going to talk about today yeah i know uh 
I think growth is just in every story, right? <laughs> so I think you're right. Yeah, story, growth, yeah, right. or not. I went to the market and I got some milk and I came home. <laughs> right. And I realized, looking at that milk, that no, I don't think there's necessarily um, growth in every story, but there certainly are uh, some growths in the ones that we're talking about yes. today. Uh, so we're here to talk about the news. We're here to talk about the new show, uh, Umbrella Academy, which is on yes. Netflix. And to that end, we're going to talk about the um, like the first trade paperback uh, from Dark Horse Comics that came out 10 years ago mm-hmm. um, called The Umbrella Academy, subtitled The Apocalypse Suite. Yes. And how it inspired the Netflix show that's on right now. Mm-hmm. And we'll also be talking about the big release this weekend. Uh, it's the number one movie, uh, although we'll pick apart what that really means right. uh, on a uh, windy, cold weekend in uh, February. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battle Angel Alita yes. is the name of the manga that the movie Alita colon Battle Angel yes. is based on. And we'll be talking about both of those things. Yes. Did we already cover how we are? I, I think we did. I think we covered everything. Covered all the bases. So you're good? Yeah, I'm good. Um, are we good? Uh, so, so what? So are, what's we good? Are, we, are we good? Uh, <laughs> I think we're good. Yeah, that's not... Um, he's not one of my guys. <laughs> But we're, we're good. We're good, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're good. Um, it's Mark Maron. Uh, here's something disappointing. Hmm. I've been playing Spider-Man on the PS4. Yes. I got it late. The, you know, there was a coin and one side of the coin said Red Dead and the other side of the coin said Spider-Man. Right. And I knew that Red... Somehow I knew that Spider-Man was not going to be as successful as Red Dead. Now, mm-hmm. again, I don't think that that's some amazing prognostication, but I just thought... Get the game that's, you know, more expensive. It's going to be worth more longer, and right. you can always wait for the price drop. This is the most boring. Let me get through the boring wrapper of the story <laughs> into the juicy candy bar inside. So I did. It dropped in price. I bought it, yeah. and I'm f- swinging around what is supposed to be like the most realistic depiction of New York City ever. And right. real New Yorkers are like going, "Oh wow, you can really see the thing." And I watch videos online, and people are like, "Yeah, you know." So I just I found a new shortcut, you know, from Madison Square Garden, you know, to Times <laughs> Square based on this game. Okay. And I was like, "Okay, all right. Well, you know what? I've actually I've never been to New York." Um, I really wish that I have gone to New York. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is the second best thing. I can stop uh, purse snatchers and sure. terrorists in demon masks uh, like huh. this. Then I put sit down and I put the game in front of somebody who has lived in New York. You. Yes. And I'm like, okay, let's find your old apartment in New York. Yeah. Okay, now let's find like where your job was. Mm-hmm. And we are got a Google Maps up and I've got the map in the, the game and working it out. Those streets aren't accurate at all that's not right they're not right in any way i i know they're totally wrong i know (laughs) like union square park is like six blocks away from where it's supposed to be i i I know and it's not something tough it's not like well you know they were building something um when the maps went up or when they were you know the freedom tower wasn't finished so they kind of went ahead and finished it in the game themselves right and it has it you can you know what it's supposed to be right uh or the um the subway uh, stations don't say uh, MTC or whatever because I'm sure they've trademarked, you know, the New right. York subway um, paraphernalia. So it's just some sort of general thing. Those things I understand, but you've got Avenue Q and Sixth Street or whatever. Right. It, they're li- it's a literal grid. Wouldn't yes. you just start with? And that grid has been very similar for 
hundreds of years. Yes, yes, it has. I know they make changes, but right. wouldn't you just start there? I, I, I would think so. And is it a problem of distance? Because people don't realize this. A lot of distances in video games, in fact, all of them are contracted because, yeah, you can ride your horse from the top of the map of Red Dead Redemption to the bottom, mm -hmm. and it might take you... Assuming you don't get you know killed by a uh, mountain lion on the way there, right? You know it might take you an hour to do that, mm -hmm. but that's supposed to represent four states. You can't ride a horse through four states in one hour, right? You can if you're at that monument where the four states touch. You can do it in uh, two seconds. Um, so th they always contract the distances, sure, and it just kind of feels like, well, I'm going a long way, but, right? But you're not. Is it that? I could see it if it was like there's know. a mountain over there and you should mm -hmm. be able it should take a while but not too long to get to the mountain but this is just Manhattan. Right. This is just one island. Right. Which I is big. Right. But it I feel like island. you could fully render and yet I feel like they've taken shortcuts so now Union Square Park is you know they cut every third street out mm -hmm. and so now it's on 9th Street instead of 15th or something like that. Right. I don't. I don't understand the. the you were the no help at all, by the way, while I, we were doing I'm that. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> we're like. Because we're like. Okay, so you were like just outside of like Hell's Kitchen, right? And so, okay, here we go. We're over here. Uh, we're on 36th or whatever. So, so then you live by Madison Square Garden. You're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I did. I'm like, you can. I'm standing on the corner. <laughs> I know these distances are smaller, but it is a gigantic building. I, I know. It's round. Yeah. You would know if you had lived by me, if you ever looked up. You'd have to know. I I mean, I don't think it was that far, but I don't remember it being that close either. A block or two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Macy's was right down oh, the Oh, Macy's. Okay. Yeah, well. I remember Macy's. <laughs> and then something else is like, why, why not? Right? This is Rocksteady. Um, they've got the backing of Sony. Why isn't... I, okay, so brands and games are a weird proposition. Right. I'm amazed we don't see it more. I know people really uh, reacted poorly when there was like, you know, 10, 15 years ago when the internet was first um, being integrated into games, you'd have like, oh, there'll be billboards in the game and they'll update with like Slim Jim ads or whatever. And people were like, we don't want that. Right. But AAA game development is massively expensive. Mm-hmm. Just like making movies. Wouldn't right. you want everybody to be drinking Heineken? Why, why well, wouldn't... yeah, I would think so. And especially with something like Spider-Man, he's a good guy. He's going to beat Electro or whatever. So right. there's nothing ob objectionable. Right. So why wouldn't, say, Macy's like want to be Recognized in the game? Yeah. In the game? That's a really good question. I don't know if that's just like just a lot of like legal tape they'd have to go through um, getting the okay from like these various companies. You know, well, that's certainly yeah, that's certainly what it is. But it's product placement. So Macy's gives Rocksteady or Sony a little bit of money, and mm -hmm. then there's a Macy's on thirty sixth. Right, right. I don't know. It, I I don't understand why they didn't do that. Yeah, um, it's beneficial for those parties, whether or not you want to be right. uh, sold to while you're playing. It's free advertisement. It's for already them. happened. Right. You know, exactly. they, they did it boldly and everybody reacted. Now they do it subtly and we don't even notice. Right. But I mean, it's not, it is what it is. Right. It is what it is. You're right. Um, I didn't, so it's by Rocksteady? Yeah, isn't it? It's by the Batman people. Oh, okay. Why did I, why did I? Doop, 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 doop. Now we're going to look it up. Keep talking. Yeah, um, why did I think, wait, who, Rockstar does the 
the Red Dead games. I was getting them confused. Yes. Never mind. We got it. I I understand. We're going to move on now. Okay. To the news. What's the next film that we'll be able to play Bingo's Lanthimos for? Oh my gosh. Some weird uh, coming out I don't, soon? I don't know. Um, Us is coming out. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that would fit or not. Well, let's get it out. We can do anything we want on this show. Yeah. All right. Get out. The Bingo's Lanthimos version. Yeah. Uh, pick pick 10 random squares. Let's not do the whole board. Oh, God. Okay. Just do that thing where you finger, woo, um, boom. Unsexy sex. In Get Out? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any sex in Get Out, is there? I feel like they have, they're having sex in the beginning before they go up to... Oh, yeah. I don't think there's anything unsexy about it. I don't think it. so, either. Okay. Um... Uh, head trauma. Although the fact that she, yeah, yeah, people get hit in the head. In that yeah, movie. I know. Uh, her, just her whole thing is, is, is like weird. sort of weird. So like, kind of soured like on sex after the fact. It's kind of unsexy. Yeah, but... that's a stretch. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, the whole thing is she's the honey trap for them to bring like these guys in so they right. can switch out their brains or whatever and then whenever we see her out of that role she's like eating individual fruit loops and <laughs> just doing really weird stuff yeah no she is all right another square go um violent punishment i would say i don't think so you don't think so nobody's really punished i mean if you think well, about if you think about like karmic retribution uh like you know he the guy gets stabbed with the the deer head or whatever right and uh and stuff like that but nobody's really punishing anybody well, he's. What about when he's like tied down? He's not being punished. He's just being. Oh, that's o- he's being oriented. He's yeah. seeing, he's watching the video. Yeah. Okay. You're right. This is um, flat affect. Uh yes, because the um the people, I mean the, that lady alone, grandma right. or whatever. Uh huh. His whole thing is no, like. You're right. You know, just being blank until her emotions come through or whatever, or not her emotions, her latent personality. Right. Um, identity erasure, definitely. Yeah. Um, inappropriate family interaction, I would say yes. Okay, so we've struck gold, right? Yeah. It was like, uh, <laughs> like Buzzer Scruggs, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. well, only two, two chips, maybe tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> one chip. And it's like, 14 chips. <laughs> I've found the, I don't, don't let me quote that dumb movie. <laughs> right. We don't like things sometimes. Uh, Yeah. But we're not here to like relentlessly just harp on how we don't like them or just kick them when they're down. We want to talk about what we didn't like. Keep that in mind as we move on to our feature. Let's talk about the favorite. Um, The BAFTA Awards (laughs) gave the favorite a lot of awards. A lot of love? A lot of BAFTA. All right. Yes. That's good. Um, It's just going to, it's going to be Oscar crazy time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Olivia Coleman won the Golden Globe. Yeah, that's about it. That one for the Golden Globes, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily say what it's going to do for the Oscars. So yeah, it's like I said, this is it. This is the beginning of the end for Bingo Slanthimos. For, I mean, for Yorgos Lanthimos. Yorgos Get the change his name to Bingos. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, who's somebody else who struck it big mm-hmm. and then just kept hitting left and right, never stopped. Um, I want to say James Cameron, but <laughs> don't come on. <laughs> auteur. 
Um, and don't tell him that I said he's not an auteur because oh, he'd kill me. But yeah, well, he's not. I, he's not. He he's not coming for us. Um, jeez. Oh, well, you think um, about it. Um, I'm going to uh, tell you that it won seven seven BAFTAs. Okay. I don't All know right. if that's some kind of record. I didn't read that far in the article. But anyway, it's coming. You know about the Oscars? You know about what's going on? Uh, what's going on? Is the Oscars, A, the one of the most poorly managed um, award shows in the world? I've... B, completely mm-hmm. spineless? C, A and B? Or D, all of the above? Uh, I'm... <laughs> You, the way you're stating these things, I kind of want to go with D, all of the above. Yes, they are. So they announced in the an effort to, uh, then remember, this is their uh, post-Kevin Hart controversy, right. their hostless show. They're going to go with a no-host show. They okay. have done that since 1980, I believe. All right. And so their plan is to, or their original plan was to cut down on the amount of awards um, but right. not really cut down on the ceremony. Still going to be three hours or whatever. But the idea is, is that they want to have more. And I don't know who's going to facilitate these with Banda? no host, more stars, feature the you know more featurettes, you know more just just stuff, Features. flashing lights, okay, uh, noises. Um, and to do that, they were going to cut. I don't know, like some of the technical words, like hair and makeup, this and that, and cinematography. I heard about cinematography. Yeah. Yeah, I did hear about that. And everybody raised holy hell. Yep. For good reason. Yep. And now they're going to, it's all back again. So the Oscar keeps making these decisions. People go, what? And they go, oh, no, I'm just kidding. And then they, <laughs> no, then they course correct. I'm just kidding. Like, no. It's not even a correction. It's just a total reversal. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand what's going on over there. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> no? maybe it's just run all by monkeys. I don't know. <laughs> um, monkeys would make it more fun, I think. <laughs> and a monkey Fair. would have opened the right envelope. <laughs> I don't think that's too much of a stretch to imagine. Uh, uh, what else do we got going on? <clears throat> Excuse me. It looks like Marvel has ordered four animated shows. Okay. Uh, adult animated series. All right. Not series, plural series. Yeah. Uh, to be on Hulu. Here okay. they are: a Howard the Duck show. All right. A Modoc show. Okay. A Hit Monkey show, and a Tigra and Dazzler show. Okay. Uh, I have to say, Hit Monkey, I've never heard of. It's not really that big of a deal. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Um, the others I have, I'm a little. Isn't like Disney doing Disney Plus? Like, why are they putting this on Hulu? Because it's adult? Is that why? Because they own a huge stake of Hulu. Okay. Yeah, maybe because it's going to be more adult. I assume that this is adult in the um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force right. uh, Space Lab sort uh-huh. of way. Yeah, or um, Sea Lab. <laughs> Just literally two places it could be. <laughs> Space or Sea. I picked the wrong one. Uh, it's all good. Um,. How four. Do you, how do you four. feel about this? Yeah. What What about just, why spread it so thin? What about like Marvel Follies or something? And then you could have Howard the Duck be the central character. Of but things. then he meets Modoc, you know, at a coffee shop, machine organism designed sure. only for coffee. And they get into adventures and he's the mean neighbor or whatever. And then right. Monkey's always showing up. And sure. Howard's trying to get a date with Tigra, but Dazzler's like, you know, you're too good for him. Like, why four separate shows? I, I I don't know. Maybe they don't think they're spreading it too thin. Maybe they think they're providing a variety. But I don't know yeah. why that variety has Maybe to be. Maybe Jeff Loeb 
like the Oscars, mm-hmm. has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Well, the announcement was made that Howard the Duck will be written and executive produced by Kevin Smith, so that's dead to me. Wow. Not interested in that. Yeah. That's I mean, too bad. How is that going to be any good? Um, I don't know. Talk about guys who hit hard and then ghosted. <laughs> well, I just made a petty criticism and then you just cackled like a harpy, but can we back that up at all? Um, His stuff's not good. I don't think it's very good. No, all he had going for him was the shock value and the oddness. And also, you know, my tirade about doing things in black and white. Yeah. Clerks is the Roma of stoner boner comedies. Oh I, listen, listen to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I I, um, I mean, I, I was a fan of Mallrats growing up, but I think that was partially, it just came at the right time and everything. Um, and <laughs> Mallrats I, is easily, it's the one everybody remembers because mm-hmm. it was the one that really, you know, his first kind of big movie. Yeah. Some people didn't or wouldn't. Or just didn't think to go back and find Clerks. Right. Um, I never saw Mallrats. I considered myself a Kevin Smith fan, because we all were in mm-hmm. the mid-90s. Right. But I never actually ended up seeing Mallrats. Ironic, because they filmed it right down the road from me. Right. Uh, when I was growing up. So it's the one of his that I saw like the last. It sucks. You think it sucks? It's a terrible film. Oh, I love Mallrats. I mean, I don't... Chasing Amy is not great. Chasing Amy is not great. But it's got a story. Mallrats is just... No, it's awful. We're getting off track here. Okay. Because there's so much more to say. The Modoc Show will be produced by Jordan Bloom and Patton Oswalt. Okay. I mean, what is Patton Oswalt a producer of? Um, I'm sure he produces Unhappy. Oh, yeah. He better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's like that. He's the narrator for the Goldbergs. Like he has been for oh, like five really? years or whatever. Yeah. I don't, huh. don't really watch that show. No. Um, so anyway, so who is he? Is he going to be Modoc? If he's Modoc, then Modoc's going to be funny. I want a famous face. <laughs> Designed only for kvetching about this and that yes um hit monkey will be written and executive produced by josh gordon and will speck um they created uh the film blades of glory i don't know that will will ferrell okay um his lovely lady lumps and Uh. office christmas party okay (sighs) that's looking real great and tigra and dazzler will be written and produced by erica rivenoya and chelsea handler Okay. This just seems random. Does it seem like they're like throwing Here's what it darts seems like. at a dartboard? Here's here? what it seems like. Yeah. I could see Kevin Smith going to do comic uh, adult Marvel show. Yeah. That's an announcement I could see. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, I'm not happy about it, but that makes sense. That was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Having three more that yes. just pull in the most random people. And seem like, what's something like, these girls are going to get dishy. Over on this other show, the boys are getting wacky, but these girls are getting dishy. <laughs> Chelsea Handler, let's get her. Yeah, you know, she, I, I mean, know. she didn't pr- approach them with this, right? No, they approached her. They had, yeah. Jeff Loeb was like, we're going to have four shows, and we're going we're gonna to entice talent to come work with us, and this is what we come up with. Right. That, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure worse shows have been made with more, and better shows have been made with less, but it just seems... Ill-fated to me. It doesn't sit well with me. It just seems like super grabby. Like, grabby? Yeah. Like they're just 
trying to like make things happen that are you know oh like sweaty, sweaty. Yeah, yeah exactly sweaty right me too yeah no i mean i agree with you okay <laughs> Back to that Michelle Wolf sketch again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, me too. Oh my God. No, no, I just I'm agreeing. <laughs> We're gonna call me too a whoopsie diddle from now on. Right, right. Um, speaking of whoopsie diddles, uh-oh. Uh, uh-oh. Brian Singer's Red Sonia movie has finally been delayed. Finally, finally been delayed. Whoa. Okay. Um, it had been uh, in the works all throughout all of this. Seriously. Bullshit that's been going on. Yeah. Like. What took them so long? Were they not getting the memos? Like, they don't did they... care. <laughs> they want money. That's disappointing is yeah. what I have to say about that. What do you think a Red Sonja movie would, would do? You think it would be okay? Maybe. I don't really know that much about Red Sonja. Like, she's Ask like... Me. what? What is it about? It's which one? <laughs> I, Red Sonja, as most people know her and as she exists in the comics currently, is a female warrior in a chainmail bikini with a uh, mystic sort of destiny. And mm-hmm. she, I, I think they, no, I think they still have this. <laughs> Basically, like, you know those comics where Snow White is in a bustier and she's pushing her boobs together yeah. for some reason? Mm-hmm. Red Sonja comics are like a step above that. So you're not going to get it. You're going to get a lot of, you know, they'll get Gail Simone to write it and then try to tell you that it's feminist. But right. it's it's not really feminist. No. But her whole thing is like, she'll only sleep with somebody who could beat her in combat. And it's like, yeah, um, a, not only, me too. Only yeah. yes, me too. I guess I disagree while also saying me too. Mm-hmm. We that's do a need little... a better language, don't we? Yeah, we do. I'm gonna. I'm, this is a 100% whoopsie diddle. Uh, but anyway, uh, so it's not so Rodriguez, uh, Robert Rodriguez wanted to do it for a long time and he wanted okay. to put um, Rose McGowan, you know, in the title role. Um, mm. I guess that's over. Now Brian Singer wanted to do it. God knows why. And now that's not going to happen. Or at least it's been delayed. He's, okay. not, he's not been fired. <laughs> now, Red Sonia as that is basically just a Conan thing. We it just did me of well Conan. it's almost seven or eight years ago, but we just did a Conan thing mm-hmm. with Jason Momoa. It didn't work. Right. Why not do- don't do it? How about that? Do <laughs> this instead. The original incarnation of Red Sonia was a Howard story where she's actually like um like a horsewoman of the steps in like the nineteenth century or something like that. Okay. Or maybe seventeenth century. Like she's a you know, she's got a black flintlock pistol and she's riding down and, you know, cutting heads off. And All she's right. got a cool hat with a feather in it, you I'm know, listening. and like wears clothes. And right. So, she, yeah, she's involved in all the wars on the steps and, you know, Magyars and well, Cossacks. That sounds interesting. And, yeah, it doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Not like best me in battle and then I, you can bet I'll me. I'll you off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not great. Uh, Brave New World is going straight to series at the USA Network. Okay. This was announced, we talked about this on the show, way back in 2015. Okay. Uh, Sci-Fi was uh, developing this show with um, Grant Morrison. I was one of the guys who was developing it. Okay. Um, It has now been ordered uh, straight to series at USA. So we're going to see this. All right. I don't really think of like USA as like a sci-fi thing no they're no tbs is very funny right usa is characters wanted i think so or the real thing i I don't coke is it that's what it was. coke is it (laughs) if we could all like take one of those 
magnetic things and just erase tape erase the part of our brains that holds slogans slogans be a lot yeah. better off um more tv news vince gilligan's breaking bad movie is coming to both amc and netflix which is like yeah i heard that's about a whoopsie that. diddle yeah no, I wait know, that's right? a that's a me too <laughs> that's not we can't <laughs> um anyway i guess good news for us bad news for amc what happened yeah i think the um because I think Breaking Bad is technically like nuts, nuts by um, uh, Netflix, like technically like owns the residuals or something like that. Huh. Is that what it is? I don't know what, if that's what it is or not, but like it's on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. So um, I guess it's going to be on Netflix first and then AMC, which seems right. weird. Yeah. Well, you didn't provide the answer. Uh, I'm well, sorry. We're going to look it up. We're going to allow it to remain a mystery. Okay. Uh, I don't want to talk about Dune other than to say Josh Brolin and Jason Momoa are now on board as well. So this wow. is basically, this is everybody who's hot right now. Right. This Timothy is, Chalamet. This is a who's who. Rebecca Ferguson. I know. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. It, this is just like a, this is a dream list. This is a, a wizard magazine. <laughs> Dream team casting list. It, of it is. So, yeah. anyway. Um, what else? Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be playing Satan in Good Omens, Amazon's upcoming show. Didn't we already? Isn't there already a Good Omens? Um, there's a like a BBC one, isn't there? Yeah. So, there's, there's going to be another Good Omens? We saw the trailer for it. It's David Tennant. Yeah. And other guy. David Tennant, yeah. Yeah. That's I, not out yet. I know. Right. But I know about that one. This is that, yes. In episode six of the show, which I guess they haven't oh. made yet, they okay. just got Benedict Cumberbatch to voice Satan. It'll be it'll be a mocap or a CGI thing. Oh, okay. All right. Well, he does a fair amount of those mocap CGI things these days. He so- is, yes. He is the Andy Serkis of... Celebrity VO roles. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he wants to be that, but that's what he's gunning for. But watch out. Julie Andrews is coming for you. (laughs) Um, People think, I just want to say real quick, people think that Ryan, I'm going to call him Ryan. He makes a good movie. I'll call him Ryan. Okay. Uh, Ryan Johnson's uh, Star Wars trilogy is uh, off. It's not. So don't believe the hype. I don't like Lost Jedi. I'm not a fan of the movie, but I'm not a troll or a hater. Um, so I'm not, I don't have anything behind this. It's, it's still on as far as we know. Uh, okay. Now All I right. do think that it's, it's a dumb idea <laughs> to keep going. Right. I, I mean, they've cut losses, their losses at, uh, over way less than giving this guy a whole nother trilogy full of movies. It's- so I think they're probably going to wait to see, you know, Last Jedi or two, <laughs> Last Jedi two comes out this Christmas. Right. Um, we'll see what the temperature of Star Wars is. Period. Okay. You know. Sure. Yeah. Before we decide whether or not we're going forward with this yeah. trilogy, because all you're doing is, yeah. I mean, it's ten months. I mean, that's a lot of time. That is a lot of time. But it's only ten months. Mm-hmm. So why not see if people even care about Star Wars still, and then decide whether you're going to spend a billion dollars on three more Star Wars movies? Right. In the meantime, you can get the viewing figures from your TV show and everything oh, else. There's yeah. plenty of Star Wars on. Nobody, oh nobody's got a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So don't don't get lied to. We're here to tell you the truth about that. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, it looks like Disney's Deadpool. Uh, Dead Deadpool. 
The Deadpool writers, Reese yes. and Wernick, have left the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, reboot. Okay. I did not know they were involved with that. They were working on one, yeah. Okay. A Jack free one, or at least a Johnny Depp free one. Okay. All right. So they're rebooting it? Yes. Okay. So no Jack Sparrow? They kind of did that in the last one. Did they? I don't know. I, I, I haven't. I've, I've never track. seen a single one of them. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I saw the very first one. Yeah. But did, like, will. I don't watch them at all. Now I'm going to name all the characters. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's just say the actors. Um, Legolas and yes. uh, Keira Knightley like, weren't in the last one. Okay, that makes sense. Um, all right. Um, don't know that we actually need that. No. I feel like we don't. Yeah. I think we need to move on. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this on, did we talk about this already? Uh, Mark Webb, the guy that directed Amazing Spider-Man's yes. 1 and 2, is going to direct a Your Name remake for uh, Paramount. This sounds familiar. I don't know. They're doing a live action version of Your Name, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a Paramount movie, because those movies are always great, <laughs> and it's going to be with Bad Robot. Okay. That's J.J. Abrams' production yeah. company. And his movies are always great, too. What is wrong? Why? 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 What is wrong? I don't know. And why, why? We know the world is broken, but you think it would make our our fiction would be fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like the real world is broken. The, the, the world of fiction is broken. Right. People who are not very creative or talented are getting huge opportunities. The people who are good are are not getting uh, exposure. Like, what's what's going on? I don't know. Why? Also, why are there so many like anime live action things being developed? Because they in want the, US? the money. They want the money. Okay. So, Tohei or whoever, Bandai, Namco, right? Uh, just naming Japanese companies: Toyota, <laughs> Suzuki, um, Mitsubishi. That's one. Three diamonds. Uh, they get money because people like Death Note, but right. Netflix wants money. They want the money. So they pay Bandai or whoever a little right. bit of money, and then they could remake it uh, badly and make more money. I just... We've had a series of not very great ones, so why keep doing it? Money. You heard that part, right? Yeah, I heard it. I just <laughs> when I didn't said want money. to believe it. Yeah, uh, it's I, I can't believe it either, but that's too bad. Uh, Amazon is giving people a, a little bit of a, a clue, a little hint about what might be coming for their Lord of the Rings series. Okay. And they shared a picture of a map, um, a map of Middle Earth. Okay. And that's about it. Their clue was a map of Middle Earth, something that you can find in Lord of the Rings books everywhere. Mm-hmm. You what? got it. What? Why? You have you have completely. Uh, yeah, you have apprehended this story. I, I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> I all I can say is that those maps are burned into the brain of every kid who read those books mm-hmm. uh, when they were growing up. You know, myself included. And so, it seeing that shape, you know, awakens something in me. Okay. So there you go. So maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah. There's nothing written on the map. Okay. It's clearly just like a. You know the, the the forms of the the geographical features, sure. but they're not even labeled. So, but I mean, give me a pen, I can write all the names in right. because of how important this map is to me. Right. So I think that's what it is. It's just a it's just a dog whistle to fans to be like, we're, we're, we're doing something. We haven't cast anybody, haven't right. written, written a word, but this is still out there. Right. Okay. Um. 
we're going to get, uh, speaking of writing words, uh, looks like Marvel has hired a screenwriter for its new Loki show. Okay. And it is a guy that used to work on the show Rick and Morty. Oh. Okay. Uh, his name is Michael Waldron. He's also uh, written for nothing. Nothing? <laughs> he, he's a writer on Harmon Quest. And I'm like, wait, Harmon Quest has writers? Isn't that just Spencer? Uh, yeah, I thought it was just Spencer too. <laughs> right? Yeah, like do like the other characters have writers? Is he EP them? on that? God, he should be. Yeah, I mean, he's literally he created it. It would be like if Seth Meyer wrote the jokes, told the jokes, also controlled the levels of the sound and lights, <laughs> yes. you know, and then warmed up the crowd before the show started. Right? Too. Yeah, it's all coming out of his brain. Yeah, but. Anyway, okay. I know reality, reality shows have writers, so maybe you know it's something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, anyway, <laughs> oh boy, I'm so mad. Um, Not about this. This is fine. Although I have to say, if you're, what a time to jump ship on Rick and Morty. I mean, if you get a chance at your own show, great. But right. if you're a Rick and Morty writer, you just got told that you're going to work for another ten years, right? Right. Because they're doing seventy more episodes or, or whatever. So crazy. I know it is crazy. I meant to say that Dune is going to come out in November of next year. Okay. All right. And uh, one more story before we get on to what we're actually supposed to be doing. Uh, it looks like uh, Scarlett Johansson's movie, her her Black Widow movie, yes, has uh, tapped Ned Benson to rewrite the script. So they we knew that they had a script. Yes. Uh, which was by, I can't remember, maybe I'll remember as we talk about it. And they've brought somebody in to uh, rewrite it, and that is Ned Benson. Um, I think probably the most um, well-known thing he's worked on was The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. Okay. Which I did not see. I did not see either. Um, but it is not an action film. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. Oh, um, Schaefer. J- uh, Jack Schaefer was, uh, uh, wrote the, um, the original? previous draft. Yeah. Oh, okay. Directed by Kate Shorthand. So, or sorry, Shortland. So we've got Kate Shortland, lore, uh, weird kind of drama. Right. We've got Jack Schaefer wrote The Hustle, um, okay. <laughs> not an action movie. Ned Benson, Eleanor Rigby, not an action movie. What kind of Black Widow movie are we looking at here? I don't know. It it sounds very unconventional. Um, I hope it's good. I really hope it's good. Um, cause I, I want this so badly. So, um, I'm going to just scream if it's not any good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, which maybe talk about in the show sometime. Okay. Um, it is, it's a, fi- it's two films or it's actually three films. Oh. It's Google, Google AI and Jessica Chastain. And it's about a couple with problems and like the woman goes missing and they think that the guy might have killed her. And the movie is told from the guy's perspective. But then also they've shot at the same time a second film that's shot from her perspective. Okay. And And that's the second film? And there's a third film, which I think might just be a combined narrative of the first two films. I'm not sure there's any new footage, but yeah, it's like this whole thing. It's on Netflix. Oh. Okay, maybe we should give it a shot sometime and talk about it. We should. Okay. Anything other than what we actually watch on Netflix. (laughs) Which we're going to talk about now. Uh, Yeah, we're going to talk about it right now.
All across the world in 1989. Yes. Out of nowhere, mm-hmm. 43 children are born. Their yes. mothers were not pregnant the day that they were born. When the day began. I screwed that up. Yeah. <laughs> they were not pregnant when they woke up that day. Yes. Uh, a mysterious benefactor collects seven of these children and raises them in an academy with an umbrella. Yes. And they become a weirdo team of superheroes? Question mark? Would-be heroes? Yes. Uh, it's the Umbrella Academy. It's by Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba. Yes, that Gerard Way. Yes. That's how you say it, right? I think so, not yeah. Jared or something? Uh, I don't think so. Um, that's okay, right? Yeah. Or is it not okay? I, I only know their one song. Uh, I... I, I don't even know you're the big, one song. You're, oh, come on. You're a big emo <laughs> punk chick, right? Yeah, come on. I, I like Panic at the Disco. I've, I've seen your lip gloss of Panic at the Disco. Okay. Yeah. So, so those are where the lines are drawn. Yeah. Yeah. Less black hair dye, more um, Sergeant Pepper's jacket. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hussar coat with uh, glitter tassels. Exactly. They're old now, aren't they? Are they still yeah. doing their, their shtick? I feel like they are. They're coming back, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Aren't they doing like concert tours or something? I thought they were doing something more theatrical where they were like doing it with an orchestra or something. Oh, I would love that. Um, That would be fantastic. You're fired. (laughs) Come on. Sorry, I don't know. Uh, What did you think about the Umbrella Academy? And let's let's talk about the comic. Yeah. Um. Like you don't have to. Just give me your impressions. Sure. I'm not a not a crook. (laughs) I'm not a crook. Well, I mean, it's about like seven misfits. Don't don't tell us what it's about. Oh, oh fine. My impressions. Um, How does it compare it to other things that you have read? What what was a standout character for you? What do you think about what the book is saying? You know, what what are they trying to accomplish? Why does it exist? Because I have so many thoughts. Okay. But we got to get something from you. Um. Here. Well, I think the standout character would have to be Vanya because she's kind of. The she's kind of the underdog, but then she kind of becomes like one of, if not the main character. Um, you don't think so? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. We're talking about the comic book, right? Yeah, the comic book. Yes. Okay. I just think I don't agree. You don't agree, but okay. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Stop you? That, that's fine. Um, I I just think that she's kind of you know the outcast and um. She's treated as such, and she gets pushed so far that she um, does something that, you know, maybe... Let, we're, let's spoil it. It's okay. a 10-year-old comic book. Yeah. It has nothing to do, as we'll talk about with the show, so let's just <laughs> right. spoil it. In fact... Oh, man. All right. Hurry up and finish so I can vomit in rage. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, I mean, she gets turned into a violin. You're just explaining what happened. Yeah, I know. So... How is the Umbrella Academy different than other superhero comics? Um, I would say we, you see the characters and their their past, their their prime, their past, their peak. So um, they've they kind of become sad adults that don't really. Um, you know, they they don't necessarily play to their strengths. Well, I actually, well, some of them do, but some of them are just kind of like sad saps and like um, just depressed and uh, don't know what to do with their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think there's a subversion that you see in the sort of postmodern or post postmodern era of superheroes, which is a well, a subversion of the tropes of heroics and being it's fun to be a hero. Right. You know, it's America and sunshine and uh, kissing babies and, and that sort of thing. And the fact that, you know, many we, we all have things that we pursue thinking that they're going to complete us and make us happy and they don't. And so mm-hmm. what if you're somebody like that, but also you can lift a mountain like <laughs> is right. your disenfranchisement more dangerous than, you know, a regular person's right. um, watchman. Right. Um, this reminds me of like a not funny, although it's funny, um, like a not funny Venture Brothers. Okay. You know, um, Doc Hammer has always said that Venture Brothers is about is about failure. You know, it's about seeing your yeah. aspirations, you know, not realized for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Probably a lack of effort uh, or disillusionment. Um, sometimes um, chance or misfortune, but it's about going getting past your moment and yet and not dying right right (laughs) or not having your story end like you know what what happens when you keep going and right you know like the monarch that would be a good good example he's living his best life (laughs) he's the happiest character on that show uh yeah um i they're all all the characters so they're like a family but they're like not really great at keeping in touch nobody really wants to keep in touch they're brought back together because of the death of their father their adoptive father right um who most who are they uh they are the the seven i guess you would call them you've got um i mean one is I'm I'm gonna remember like their names from the show. It's like Luther or Space Boy. Right. Two. He's he's got the knife skills. Um, <laughs> the Kraken. The Kraken. But what do they call him in in the show? They call him Diego or whatever. Yeah, and we're we're not talking about the show yet. Okay. Okay. So trust me. All I, right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was pushing my rage back down, but it's coming. Okay. Um. Three, is that seance? No, that's the rumor. Okay, three is the rumor. Allison. Um, four is seance. Right. Um, I don't remember his name. Victor? Uh, Something. I, yeah, I can't remember his name either. I don't remember his name. Um, and five disappeared. Right. A uh, long time ago. Um. And six. Six is dead. Six is dead. The, the horror. horror. Ben. Ben. And seven is Vanya. Right. Did she have a other name? No, she's no. not exceptional. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And yeah, and it's an inversion. I, I really like that word today. Let's say it's a subversion. I like that word too. Let's say it's a twisting of the trope sure. of... A bunch of strangers, children even, with amazing abilities, the weirdest superheroes of all, right. like brought together. Um, th- in this case, and then there's always like the um, Professor X is kind of manipulating these children. Like, should they be fighting like murderous villains and they're right. uh, like 14 years old? Right. 
Um, they absolutely should not be. <laughs> Maybe an X-Men, <laughs> definitely in the Umbrella Academy. Yes. Uh, he takes them out. He gives them ice cream after they defeat the Eiffel Tower, you know? <laughs> yes. Like, um, and they want it because they're kids. Right. And their lives are, you know, ruined by this and also by the uncaringness of him because he has some ulterior motive that we don't know about yet. Right. Uh, he's an alien. <laughs> and right. He has a rubber mask. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And so they're all... They all fall into their roles, and it's they like to think that their roles are rebelling, but in a depressing way, their roles are already kind of chosen for them. Yes. You know, he picked Luther as Number his one. sort of favorite, and so yes. Luther becomes our default you know, leader, right. you know, our cyclops, if you will, mm-hmm. of the team. And because both Diego and Luther are both very capable, Diego has no choice but to feel resentful yes. and to fall into the role of the rebel mm-hmm. and be the be the Wolverine Logan on or, the team. Yeah, um, and he he thinks that it's rebelling, but that's like uh, it's, it's exactly what else what would he, he wants him to do? Well, no, I don't think he wants him to. I just think that like that's exactly you're oh you're disaffected and so you're gonna be mad and you're gonna like smoke behind the school. Wow, what how original? Nobody's ever thought of that before. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's it's sort of that thing, and. Um, I'll skip over the rumor. Uh, and you got Seance, who is probably the most messed up of them all. But yeah. you know, if you can, if dead people talk to you, what if that little Haley, Haley Joe Osment kid? What's he going to look like when he's older? He looks right. like Donnie Wahlberg, and he shoots you in your bathroom. <laughs> you know, you're messed up. Yeah. And then Vanya just never ever feels like she is, you know, she, is, belongs because yeah. she doesn't have any powers. And he's told her you're and not he also extraordinary. Just tells her, yeah. She was the lemon that, you know, he picked up seven and was rolling the dice. And that was the one that was like, nah, nothing here. Right. Nothing in this loot box. Right. And then you've got Allison. Yeah. And Allison's entire life is she's her whole power is telling lies. But her whole life is her denial of you know responsibility, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's because she's, you know, has a kid and a husband and she's separated or they're divorced. Right. And she can't see her kid. And it's all, you know, she can do amazing things just by saying you know, whatever she says becomes true, but it doesn't mean that she's found satisfaction. And we get the feeling that she did something specific and to later on set her life. I'll ruin something for you that comes later on. Okay. Later on, we learn that in the most recent one, Hotel Oblivion, I think that's running right now. There are, this is still going. It comes very slowly, but there are still uh, Academy uh, books coming out. Uh, we learned that, like, she, you know, basically, you know, used her power on her crush, you know, to to fall in love with her. Oh. Legion style, mm. uh, you know, and to get married. And so we don't know how her power works, but if that's not what he wanted, they're not going to be happy. And so. And yeah. It's, that's, that's, from, that's messed up. Well, that's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to make a connection, but I'm going to say something first. That's That's the best way to do comics, in my opinion, is... When they've got superpowers, but the superpowers just stand in for a regular drama. It's just an elevated me- metaphor because mm-hmm. you see a lot of things where somebody gets pregnant on purpose, you know, so a guy has to stay around, you know, maybe something like that. Or a guy gaslights a girl about something or other so she'll like him and then she finds out that it's not what he said he said it was. Right. Um, he doesn't have a cool, huffy bicycle. <laughs> I don't speak from experience at all. Uh, you know, and then now we're stuck in this relationship and we're not happy. And when we do, like, it's this is like a superhero version of that. I think it's really cool. Um, 
So, this reminds me of a show that we like to bring up from time to time, and I would definitely want a reboot of, if we ever get it, uh, the chance, uh, the show Alphas. Oh, yeah. Sci-Fi still owns that, right? I think so. Well, it, you've got a collection of characters who, this is the real world, you know, it's our world, mm-hmm. except there are, you know, kind of X-Men type mutants. Right. But not celestials and magnetos flying around. It's a very, like, you know, real, realistic Grounded. world. There's just yeah. these people that can do things that they shouldn't be able to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's affected them all. And yes. it's And it's it's hurt them in their lives. And they you've got, like, a guy who is actually autistic, but yes. he also, his brain, this is probably the weirdest scientific thing, I think, on the show, but, like, his brain can, he, he can pick up, like, electromagnetic signals so he can like hear text messages and like watch right. tv like in his brain right so that doesn't help his ability to, to connect and like focus with no people. and that's just like that's the that's a metaphor with a hat on top of the metaphor <laughs> but it still works and, and there's one character named nina who has the ability yes, to basically convince people to do whatever they want yes which is like rumor right so which is like rumor and because of that, she's a person who doesn't have to face any consequences for what she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost never does she, because she can just say, give me all the money in the bank vault. Sure, here's the money. Cops are like, where'd you get all this money from? Oh, you're going to let me have the money. <laughs> Go ahead, sweetie. Right. Uh, you want a gun? Uh, you, you'll never have to face any. So wh- what is it like? Well, how do you grow up if you're somebody who never has to face yeah. consequences? And then right. we also find out that she comes from like a very bad home situation, and she was abused, and and so... It's oh, it's kind of also relates to um, the Rachel character from Legion, where she doesn't she didn't like her husband, her mom's boyfriend, or something like that. Something like that. And so she swaps bodies with her. It was really messed mom, up. Mom, so he'll get like arrested for pedophilia or something like yeah. that because he's having sex with her. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But anyway, so. As a character, Nina is somebody who is completely like distrustful and she can't form bonds with anybody. And then mm-hmm. we find out that she might be able to push herself too. So you think about all the things that people do to anesthetize their pain, to right. stop themselves from having to review their bad choices and de- decisions in life, you know, be it chemical abuse or sex, um, abusing sex or whatever it is. What if you can just like look in a mirror and go, you made the right decision? And then you just stop debating right. if your choices are right, right. or wrong. Like, this is a yeah. Gordian knot of a, of a psychology mm-hmm. or a psychological profile. So, yeah, I mean, that's why she's the most interesting character to me. Yeah, but she's not very <laughs> And why I don't happy, think Ve- I Vanya like. is the main character. Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> she's literally the villain of the piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I mean, and she, of course, harbors resentment, um, but not in the TV show, which we should probably just talk about the TV show. Okay. But first I wanted to talk, did you get, uh, end up reading any of those backup stories or the... Um... I didn't get a chance to. Oh, okay. I, I'm going to do it later. Uh, I'll report back. There's a really great one that your punishment is, I'll ruin this one for you. Okay. Uh, there's a great one where, because these are all, um, I think they're like 12 page stories that were okay. in a Dark Horse Presents, you know, oh, sure. a collection or something like that. And there's one where um, they've, so the team is, and they're all set in the interregnum. Like the team is still going, they're a little bit older. Sure. But they're not like the adults they are um, sure. in Apocalypse Suite. And they find Rumor and she's dead. And they're oh. like, Rumor, you're dead. Because Rumor's there as well. There's another Rumor that's dead. Oh. And they're like, well, do a scan on her or something like that. It's like, no, this is this is really her. Like we can't figure out what it is. And so eventually they figure out that Rumor had been sneaking out 
like to okay. go party or whatever instead okay. of studying. And when she got caught, she told like, you know, Hargreaves that she was like, you know, I have a rumor that I was in the library the whole time. And so it created oh, it created a, like a total rumor? separate her. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Who then was like tracked down by one of their villains or whatever and killed because she wasn't like with the rest of the team. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. So it created another rumor and then she was killed. Yes. And it's not a spoiler, but in the, because it, it opens the, it's the beginning of the thing, but in the start of the second uh, series, uh, Dallas, which is all about the Kennedy assassination. Okay. It's better than it sounds. Yeah. Uh, it starts off and they're kids again and they're in Washington, D.C. and like Lincoln, the Lincoln Memorials come to life and is shooting like lasers and I-beams <laughs> and everything. <laughs> and one of the, they, they lampshaded a little, one of them was like, are we fighting another monument? <laughs> We're we only going to fight monuments. Right. Um, but the way they beat it is rumors like, Mr. President, I heard a rumor that you were assassinated. Oh, man. And what happens is a giant stone John Wilkes Booth appears and blows Lincoln's head off. Oh, my goodness. And now they're like, we did it. Ice cream. But the cops are like running after this giant stone <laughs> John Wilkes Booth. So there are unintended consequences. Yes. Well, Careful I mean, what you wish for. Yes. Yeah, or speak the truth of, what have you. So, with all that, mm -hmm. a, a comic book that is literally opens with a lucha wrestler dropping an elbow on a space octopus. Yes. That clearly, the theme is failure, but the theme is also, who cares? The theme is, whatever. This is comics. Let's just do whatever we want. And so, you've right. got a character that tentacles come out of his stomach and it's like yes. it's somehow he's the Captain America like he's the one that everybody's like that, that guy's so great the I know, horror. Right? you know he's such a good superhero <laughs> he's got these gross <laughs> tentacles that come out of his stomach yeah uh, how do you make that into a show this well, is how very clumsily apparently whoa <laughs> now do your thing tell us what happens in the, the show oh god <laughs> it's just okay. basically the same um so, we are introduced to the characters one by one, and then we find out that their father has died, and so they all convene at the house, and um, they reintroduce themselves to each other, basically, um, and uh, they're all kind of sad saps, and they have mixed feelings about their dad passing away because, you know... In a lot of ways, he was not really a great dad, but he was still their dad. So, um, and uh, they're met by their dad's friend and chimpanzee Pogo, um, and their mom, who is well, it's not completely touched upon on the show. She's she's kind of like a, um. She she like an android. Is that how they talk about her on the show? Like, I mean, I don't know, and I don't care. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Let's get back on track here. Okay. So I guess maybe what's the difference? I guess I should ask. What's the difference? Yes. Um, I don't think it has a lot of the whimsy uh, that the comic has. If you wrote Doom down and you looked in a mirror, what would yeah. it say? Mood. Moob. <laughs> Moob. <laughs> But mood spelled backwards yes. is doom. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, 
This is Everybody's serious. Everybody's really feeling it. Yeah. They're feeling it. Yeah. And the reason that that is dumb, it it doesn't work. Everybody th- who thinks, everybody thinks that the way that you can show us a character that's sad and lost is to have them staring into the middle distance while a Smith song plays. Right. Which, by the way, the worst, most obvious musical choices. <laughs> Like when the Kinks came on, I was like, Man, we might be in trouble. And it's like, oh, no, this a 45-year-old with an iPod did the music on this show. I know. Compared to something like Sex Education, which has some on-the-nose musical choices. Mm-hmm. Like the kid's gonna, the kid who doesn't like to masturbate is going to attempt to masturbate and Dancing With Myself comes on. It's like, right. okay, all right. Right. But there's, there you have Bikini Kill. They've got like a bunch of other things that are really good at sort of setting... The, um, tone. the mood and tone. Yeah. yeah. Back to my original point. No. What, people, you are surrounded by people who are anesthetizing their pain, who are in complete denial about who and what they are, mm-hmm. and have a huge smile on their face and are doing fine. They're not all, it's not just sad bastard town. Right. And like Queen Sad Bastard is Ellen Page. Like yes. when they brought her on, I was like, oh no. Oh no! Like this is gonna miss the mark. Yeah. For two reasons, because she's just—I don't actually know. She might be a really good actress, but she's just always asked to be like super sad and depressed. Yes. Yeah. And they made her Vanya, which means that Vanya won't be the villain because she won't want to be the villain. Ellen Page. We're gonna have to right. work her into the thing, and like you said. When you pegged her as the main character, yeah. I thought you were talking about the TV show because that's what I the see. TV show is attempting to do. Yeah. Instead of showing right. them all as an ensemble cast and her as becoming the, the the one who takes all that resentment and then is thanks to the maestro, right? Uh, is you know able to weaponize it you know against these people that she right. resents, like, but it comes to hate. Yes. Um, I- I just feel like it I feel like they they read the book and then they thought that they could do better or something like I've read that. a lot of reviews that have said like they cleaned it up. Like anything about the Umbrella Academy <clears throat> that didn't was um not on topic or like on you know that didn't go towards making it a narrative, a plot and stuff like that. They fixed it basically. Yeah. And by fixing it they broke it. Exactly. Like they took a radio that didn't always play right. Uh-huh. They opened it up, f- fixed it, put all the parts in, closed it up. Maybe there's some parts that are still left. Right. Oh, well, that must not have been important. Right. And now it doesn't get, it only gets uh, uh, AM uh, conservative radio. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you fixed it. Right. No, exactly. Um, well, like, like number and one. Just to be fair, we've yeah. only seen the first episode. Yes. This could be one of those, it gets so much better in the eighth episode. Well, maybe just make it good. The first time. Yeah. Get get the hook right and, and then we'll Set come back for more. Yeah. yeah. Um well like Space Boy, they at least so maybe he is still kinda weird, like maybe he still does have like ape arms and legs, but we're gonna hide that. And like Because it's not hot. This yeah, guy's it's be hot. not hot, but the Umbrella Academy is not hot. It's weird. No. You know what else is not hot? Hmm. Having one eye. Right. Diego's got two eyes in the TV yeah. show. Yeah. Because they probably totally missed that the Krakens doesn't have, he's missing an eye. Right. <laughs> but they're like, that's a hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. That's all I can think of. Yeah. And it's like, it's it's not hot to, I mean, it's hot to have blue hair. You got to have blue hair. Right. But it's not hot to be 
like uh, you know a mid thirty uh, five year old uh, divorced single mother, right? Uh, who's effectively homeless. Mm-hmm. It is hot to be like a movie star, right? And have cool hair, you know, yes. and live in the mansion. Yeah. So we fixed that. I know, right? <laughs> it's like the, it's supposed to be kind of crap sack, you know? Absolutely. Like, and. And I mean, space is like arguably the most successful of them, and he has literally gone to the moon to get away from them. Yes, <laughs> I know. And like his body is so weird, and like they keep talking about how like, oh, you're so big. Yeah, but, we gotta keep pushing that. But I don't know why they keep pushing it. And yeah, it's so weird. Uh, can I just say one positive thing? I thought Pogo was great. Pogo was really great. Mm-hmm. And he's great in the comic, but I don't mind that they aged him up. I think that that makes sense. I mean, he wasn't young in the comic, but right. Um, they put some gray in his beard or whatever. Yeah, he seemed. It's going to be real sad when what happens to him happens to him. It, right. But uh, yeah, but the animation was amazing. So anytime you see something that looks cheap or like, oh, I guess he's got a gorilla body because four weird long hairs are coming out of his the cut in his sleeve. All the money went into Pogo, who looks like. The be- one of the top, one of the Clio winning Geico commercials. I know. <laughs> you know, like, what What if an ape was your professor? I know. Oh, class, open your books to, oh, someone brought me a banana. How nice. You know, like, in the best Geico commercial. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, he was he was great. And then he was kind of having him as like the narrator, I thought, kind of made sense. Yes. Um, that worked out okay. I think that worked great. So we're saying good stuff now? Um, sure. I don't uh, really like. stuff? Um, what's his name? Um, Robert Sheehan like I never really liked um, Misfits um, and he was like the kind of the most problematic I don't mean like whoopsie daisy problematic but I mean I just didn't really like his character and he basically plays that same character (laughs) in this show okay and it works like he's very different than the seance from the book Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's a change that works and it's clear that they uh, the minds behind this, uh, Steve Blackman. Yeah. Uh, let me make you a bad uh, adaptation of your work for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, realized they needed a a character with uh, levity, you know, comedic to be the relief. comedic yeah. relief, and he fulfills that well. Yeah, he does. I can't um, say it again. I can't. I don't know if Ellen Page, Ellen Page is doing a good job because she's not doing anything. No, they really don't have her do much of anything. She just shows up. Yeah. And it is kind of like sad. Allison hugs her, and everybody else is like, "Why are you here?" Yeah, why are you here? You weren't here. You weren't here in the comic. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You didn't even come to the funeral. I know. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, did you get fixed? Did they, did they fix this part? Okay, they fixed it. Oh yeah, I know. They they had her autobiography though. They yeah, had but that. And they and they recontextualized it, and I can't. I don't understand why. Oh, and I do understand why. They changed it because she writes the autobiography as a, a knife, as a dagger, you know, in the heart right. of him and her family. Like she spills right. their secrets. And they recontextualize that as she didn't, couldn't think of anything else to do. And she just still wanted like Hargreaves' love, basically. And so she wrote a tell-all book. Yeah. How is that to prove your love? Uh, let's not think about that. Dance, quirky dance oh party. Oh, my God. That was, I think that was a low point for me yeah. in the episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's a good litmus test. I think if you get to Quirky Dance Party and you're loving it, then keep, keep going. Keep going. You're going to love yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, then, yeah, you're not, I don't think it's going to get any better. It, I've read, too, about how they've fixed the ending. 
Now, remember, internet journalism is worthless. <laughs> Take it from an internet journalist. Uh, but I saw the title of an article that was like, how Netflix's changes, you know, th- makes the ending of uh, Umbrella Academy better. And I'm like, oh, what could you do that would make it better? Well, they're not going to shoot Ellen Page in the back of the head. Are well, they? no, probably not. They're not. Well, the, they might do that. They're not going to bring in Igor Stravinsky. <laughs> And a right. bunch of uh, uh, the musicians uh, from uh, Walk Hard, <laughs> you know, uh, to play Rite of Spring. Right. They're not going to do that. No. Uh, do you think they're going to turn into a violin? I kind of think they're not going to do that. Can you see Ellen Page doing that? No, I don't. I, I Maybe can't. that's why they'll do it. <laughs> I don't care enough to send the very best. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to keep following this. Unfortunately, and I, I it's funny because I never realized how much I really liked and cared about Umbrella Academy until I saw this bad TV show. Like they, it was always just like, yeah, that was kind of a what, weird book. Yeah, I guess there was some stuff going on. And over the course of the last, since this was announced, I've reread it a couple times, and sure. now I'm reading the new series, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is way better than I thought. It's still not as good as some say it is, and I'm not sure it's as good as. Gerard Way thinks it is. Okay, But sure. also, he's a rock star, and he knows how to protect himself by being like, oh, well, it's just... It's just fun. It's just a laugh. It's like, just whimsy. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's clear that he really means some of this stuff. But sure. also, you know, Luchador dropping an elbow on a space octopus. That's just So he's got the out of like, oh, it's just it's just fluff. Right, right. Um, I, I feel like the comic had more to say than the... The TV show, and I, I agree. I don't think that the TV show is elucidating itself as well as it thinks it is. Um, and I mean, Five comes back, and they make it kind of like I don't know, like it's a big deal that he comes back, and they're all kind of weirded out by it. But he doesn't really stick around and like he's kind of like peace out he doesn't he he decides to tell ellen page that the world is going to end in eight days but because she's got to be involved somehow in the story I know, but he doesn't tell everybody like not all hands on deck sort of thing i don't know he feels like he can't trust him or something i don't know i guess thank god they fixed it another and yeah so um Basically, there's just, you know, show, don't tell. It's just all tell. It's just characters who are literally, like, saying what a character just did. Mm-hmm. You know, they knock over yes. the statue. Yes. Clearly, that's a, that's a you know, important moment. And then the character's like, you knocked over the statue. <laughs> it's like, what? I could not believe that. But I think they're just, they got to make it an hour. It has to be an hour long. There were long stretches of altered carbon that are like, why is any of this happening? Why are we here? What is this? Yeah, I know. Um, it's too bad. Um, also, I think that part of the Gerard Way, who cares, it's just a comic book thing, is like, I think they were trying to fix elements of that. So, for instance, we live in a world where, thanks to Hargreaves' ministrations, um, there are sentient monkeys. Right. And in fact, if you read some of those side stories, yes, the monkey... Oh, man, I can't remember his name. It's a very short word. It doesn't matter. The monkey who is like... Um, Lupo's partner, Inspector Lupo's partner, yes. played in a punk band with Allison and Diego when they were in high school. <laughs> That's in one of the side stories. Okay. We see like 
Because later on you find out that like Diego, you know, Space is kind of in love with Allison and Diego's kind of in love with Vanya. And you're like, where'd that come from? Right. You get background on that. But okay. so you've got talking monkeys and then you have a guy whose ha- his body is a monkey and has right. a human head. And I think a TV writer would go, well, it's good to confuse people. So we'll just cut down on that. You know, we won't show the monkey body all the time. Right. Or you've got um, a guy named the Kraken. Yes. That's like, that's his, the Batman. He's the Kraken. Right. And then you've got a character who has tentacles. squid tentacles that come out of him. Yes. They go, well, let's not just use the Kraken name then. There's a part where Diego's like, he never gave me a name. And I'm like, you're the yes, Kraken. He did. Whether he gave you that, I don't know if he called you the Kraken, but at some point you Somebody decided to hang you. your tile as a superhero. Yeah. And call yourself the Kraken. But it's like, that's going to confuse people. And so I just feel like there's a lot of like pairing of the weirdness that made the show something worth, the comic something worth checking out. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think also you, you're you not trusting the audience. Like people who read comic books are smart. People who will watch the TV show are smart. They can they can differentiate between the, the characters. 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ninety-seven percent of Google users like this show. So, wow. how smart are they? <laughs> okay. Just kidding. I hope you love it. <laughs> I hope that you are loving the hell out of it. Yes. Uh, but we're not, sadly. Well, speaking of disappointing adaptations, yes. Uh, let's talk about Battle Angel Alita. Okay. Or Alita, Alita Battle, Battle Angel. Angel. If people don't know, because yes. somebody doesn't, right. um, even though there's been a lot of commercials, a lot of people are not going to see this movie, it seems like, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. What happens in Alita Battle Angel? Um, well, um, Christopher Waltz, um, gosh, I don't know what his character's name is because I forgot. It's, Dyson it Edo. Edo. Dr. Edo. Um, he is looking in the scrap heap and he finds a flesh head and some shoulders. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not real flesh. I, I know, but it, it, it is Alita, wh- who we become to know as Alita. Um, and he takes it home and, um, gives it a body, gives her a body, I should say, um, and she has her brain and her heart are working fine. That's how a cyborg works. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he is like a, a, a doctor for like cyborgs. Right. Um, and In a future world. Yes. Future crap sack world. Um, um, it's not that crap sacky. I guess. People have oranges. And chocolate. This is weird because we're all sick of a Blade Runner future, so I don't mind them doing something. And they've conspicuously moved, I think this is because of where they shot the movie, but they conspicuously moved the action from what is supposedly post-apocalyptic middle America to Brazil. Yeah, I know. And so this is a very this is a uh, magic hour lit crap sack yes. world where everybody wears cargo shorts. And like Bahama shirts. Yes. <laughs> it's like they had the cast. Full of colors. Just wa- you walk through this Banana Republic, you pick out whatever you want, and then hit the hit the set. Yes. <laughs> um, so then Alita like wakes up, and she has a body, and she's like, what is all this? And she's we are like, five minutes into the movie right now. I know. You think you can speed this up at all? <laughs> yeah. Um, she doesn't have her memory. 
Um, and he names her, gives her a name, Lita. He's like, at least tell you, remember your own name. Um, she kind of goes through the city. She meets Hugo, who um, she kind of falls for pretty fast. Um, he shows her around the city. He shows her how to play. What are they? How do they? Is motorball. Motorball. Thank you. Um, and she loves it. Um, and uh, Ito is like, you know, don't go out at night. She sees him sneaking around, so she follows him out. We're not going to spoil anything. Okay. This movie is in theaters currently. Yes, it is. Um, what's 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 the main conflict? What what's going on? What do we have to do? We got to get the ring to the volcano. Yes. We've got to break out of um, this time loop that has us stuck in Puxatawney. Um. So we have to, what's the most complicated <laughs> Twitter synopsis of a film you can think of? The sacrifice. Tarkovsky's the sacrifice. We have to burn this barn. <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh my god. Um. So it's not that tough. I know, I know. Um, Cyber Girl with no memory has to find herself in a crap sack yes. world with flip flops. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, um. So now you've read the comic or the manga series. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you? Uh, I mean, how do they compare? Is what we're. That's not a question. That's literally what we're going to talk about for right. the next half an hour. Mm-hmm. But uh, how do they compare? <laughs> well. So I think they took some elements from the first one and it's definitely in there like you know her like figuring out her body and everything and her interactions with Ido um I feel like are are there um but they changed a lot of what the, what happens in the film from what happens in the manga like they changed the bad guy he's something completely new that they made up um, or and changed, um, and that sort of thing. Um, they kind of mashed the the two mangas. I feel like together. There's a lot of the anime in there too. Yeah, like the character of Shireen doesn't exist in the manga, but right. she is in the anime. Okay, uh, is she Ido's wife in the anime? Do you know? You always ask questions that I can't answer. I'm sorry. Which is great that you're personally challenging me, but it makes me like <laughs> dumb on my own show. I'm sorry. I can't um, remember. I think so. I, I can't. She's, she's an antagonist in, in the anime. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And then, like, in the film, Ido has, like, taken out the jewel that's supposed to Which, be in their forehead. 160 million, I think this thing cost um, before um, for PNA. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> And not in every scene, maybe there's reshoots, but in a couple scenes, it looks like you just stuck a bindi to... That's really what it looks from like. From Hot Topic, circa yes. 2000, 2001, yes. uh, on Jennifer Connelly's forehead. It does. Which, by the way, can I say my whoopsie-daisy thing right now? Yeah. <laughs> hot, I don't, hot, she 45? I don't know how old she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, old Jennifer Connelly, signed, greater than, signed... Young Jennifer Connelly. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. For I mean, absolutely no reason, they put her in this, like, number with, like, the... The blue. The garter belts and the and the, and the the stockings and oh, everything. that part, yes. And it's just like, well, let's just hang out in this scene for a while. Let's just... Let's <laughs> just stay here. <laughs> uh, she, she looks great. 
Um, Except for that bindi forehead. Yeah, yeah. The Gwen Stefani home starter kit. I, I was thinking Gwen Stefani, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know why they made it, why that just didn't look natural. It didn't look like this is a gem that I have in my head. It it, it totally looked like a stick-on earring, not well, even Well, they never bindi. explain what it is in the manga. It's just the mark. Like, you have the right. mark of... Typharies in the English translation of the mar- uh, manga are Zalem or Salem or Salem in um, in the Japanese version, mm-hmm. and they had to they saved the and this is not a re- reveal. It's in the first page of the one thing. It's in this movie. They save the reveal because it's a movie and because you have to reveal things that Ido is from Zalem right. until halfway through the movie. Right. And so for him to be able to, t- to take it off or do something, you have to make it look like it can come off or it is possible to remove it, you know? So I suppose, if but it I is just like... a bindi and you can peel it off or with microsurgery, you can, you know, remove it and leave only a slight. They did put like a little, I don't know if Christoph Waltz has a natural divot in his forehead, but they did kind of put it. a kind of shiny kind of yes. spot that I was looking for. Okay. When I was watching the film. Okay. Um, so yeah, they, I feel like they smushed the mangas together, um, because we get the stuff with Hugo, like right away in the beginning, uh, of the film. It doesn't come like halfway through or anything like that. Right. Um, which I think is good because, um, it gives you more time to, um, relate to the character and for that growth to happen. Um, so... Um, I think that's good. Um, we don't get the reveal that Hugo is doing anything nefarious until like. So you're just going to spoil everything. Uh-uh. It's going to be hard to not. I don't know. Mild spoilers. So you know, it's going to be hard to not talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. This is a case of not fixing it. This is a case of making it work for what we are trying to accomplish. Right. And there are things that happen, especially near the end, that we can't talk about because they're spoilers. And sometimes we do, you know, what'd you think? Okay, that's our thing. Now we'll talk spoilers. I don't mm-hmm. want to do spoiler talk for this. I don't think we need okay. to. Um, I do want people to see this. I think it is enjoyable. I walked out of it the first time going, just seeing everything that it could have been and, and wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I was not looking forward to seeing it again. Then I saw it again, and now I want to see it a third time. Okay. <laughs> I think once I got over that whole fan thing of wanting it to be exactly the same thing. Right. Um, and I think, you know, so, for some people, it's just a weird desire to have all the details be exactly the same. For me, it is I want you to capture the spirit um, of right. what makes this an important story to tell. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they do that. They don't capture why she's an interesting character in the manga, but they replace it with something that is on its own interesting. Okay. The, the manga is al- is always kind of weird because she is, you know, we don't know how old Ito is, we don't know how old Alita is, but right. we know that he thinks that he can date her, at least at first. Later on, they have a more fatherly, daughterly relationship. But right. There are these weird kind of things where he like buys her a dress, and then he's like, "I, I could never be with Alita. This is this is crazy. I don't know." What I'm thinking. Right. And then later on, slight spoilers for the manga, like when she leaves, he goes to try to bring her back, 
and finds out that she's you know playing motorball or whatever and then joins the team of her rival so he can make sure that she loses because if she loses she'll have to come home to him wow it's like that's wow. not whoopsie diddle sick or anything yeah <laughs> whoopsie diddle yeah but he doesn't mean well, I guess it does mean he's a bad person, but I mean, he doesn't, he thinks that he's helping her. Right. And all she proves in the comic is, is that she looks like a little, like a small woman. Yes. But she has this, you know, her soul is as sharp and as hard as the blade that she carries. Do you know what I mean? Right. She is an indomitable soul and, and it gets her in trouble sometimes. She starts fights that Mm -hmm. she can't win. She pushes people away but she wants to learn about herself and once she starts doing that she wants to become the best and it's it's an old trope it's inuyasha or bleach or whatever right. wants to be the greatest ninja like yes. we see this in anime and manga a lot mm-hmm. but that's what it is and they went yeah yeah but also like what if we did a different story which is ito's way older he had a uh daughter you know that he sees her in and they become this father-daughter sort of figure right. and it's the whole movie thing of like don't you can't control me you can't tell me what to do you're not my father and later on she realizes that you know she needs like that sort of figure in her life and she mm-hmm. you know respects and loves him for play, for being that person right but we literally see her go from waking up in a child's bedroom you know yes. with a stuffed animal to being someone who is dictating terms who is matured you know physically as much as she can because she's a robot right but also in terms of her intellect intellect and what she wants mm-hmm. to being like a player and being you know being a woman like it is yes. a little literal coming of age story it is for sure with a robot body that can grow boobs <laughs> which yes. i saw when i went to the critic screening it's the only thing i could really tell that they had changed but i went to the critic screening and there's in, in the scene where she gets the berserker body mm-hmm. it's you know, a, a unisex body, but yes. then it sort of starts changing and it becomes like slimmer and looks like a woman's body. And then there's a specific insert where we see her chest and then it boom, grows boobs. Right. Which I guess if you're a robot girl, you want to fit into your dress. So you're going to make right. boobs. Right. right. <laughs> but I, I also read some people being critical of that. Like this movie's just about chrome boot. What is this heavy metal? Like, <laughs> And so that was when we saw it, you know, the theatrical cut, when we saw it uh, in the theater, mm-hmm. uh, they cut that out. They changed that, yeah. But they kept the line. So now the line doesn't really make sense. Because <laughs> no. she's like, oh, it seems like she's a little older than you thought she was. <laughs> right. Which is just kind of like... Which in the mean? context of, you know, a girl becoming a woman or realizing that she is a woman, she's getting her, you know, memories and her adulthood and her persona back. Right. It makes total sense. Right. But... Yeah, it was probably a good cut. Yeah, yeah, probably a good call. <laughs> little, little on the boobs, uh, yeah. nose on the, on the nose. <laughs> so, yeah, they took it and they changed it into something else that I do think works. Mm-hmm. Although I think you would agree with me that there are some weird structural decisions. Yes. That if and when they get a sequel are going to complicate things and be hard to pay off. Yeah. And ultimately hurt the your satisfaction of the story. Yes. Yes, um, of it being a contained story. Yeah, because it's not, you know, if you're going to make all three of them at once, Lord of the Rings style, mm-hmm. you know, you can leave something off. They can just ride a boat out. Right. And then <laughs> and we'll come back next time. Right. Exactly. Um, but you can't do that if you don't get another movie. So, right. So uh, knock knock that we'll get another movie. Yeah, I know. Sorry about good stuff? 
Uh, yeah, let's talk about good stuff. Um, I think Motorball worked. Motorball definitely worked. Uh, although, it, it, we're not even supposed to be here today. Like, it's I not know. even supposed to have Motorball yet. I know. And I think they realized if we don't have Motorball, we'll get killed. And also, we might not make it to a sequel. So let's try to find a way to put Motorball in it. I know. And the way they do that is by making Motorball, like, the thing it all revolves around. This is yeah. almost like days of thunder <laughs> with robots you know what i mean like yeah. it's almost a racing movie because everything in the movie revolves around motorball i know so they overmote too much motorball that's it wow. that's our title wow who would have thought you could have too much motorball I, I, not me but we do <laughs> yeah i mean we have a scene where hugo's teaching her how to play and she catches on really quickly the coke commercial scene yes exactly <laughs> like, yes this, this united, united benetton, of benetton? yeah yes. and, and the how how is it 5 30 p.m for this entire game i know right and they're all like you know having fun and laughing and yes. like drinking coke and, right. and jamming the motorball yes <laughs> um yeah, so I mean that's like one of her first like memories with Hugo even. But right away with we see that she's competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. It, you could easily make her <laughs> I don't know if it's the computer. I'll have to watch another movie with Rosa Salazar in it, but mm-hmm. I love this girl. Like she was great. She was, she was absolutely the best part of the movie. No, I agree with and you. And maybe if you take the computer off her face, she's not as good, <laughs> but I doubt it. You I know? doubt it. I think it. that she is 100% or at least 99% behind what makes Alita so great. But I love the fact that she is a non-normal, non-standard female protagonist mm-hmm. in that she sp- hurts somebody. She's supposed to feel bad about it. She's a woman. If a man yells at her, she's supposed to be like, oh, boy, maybe I'm not doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But she has both the impetuousness of a teenager. Yes. Which she we still don't really understand how, how her age works. Right. But she's basically, you know, embodying a teenager at this mm-hmm. point. But also it's just kind of her personality. You know, you're right. She's competitive. Mm-hmm. And I love how <laughs> there are several times in the movie she just knows how powerful she is, and that's a great yeah. way to not be scared of people. Mm-hmm. And so big, scary people with guns and weapons and muscles and robot arms are, like, threatening her, and she just gets this look on her, the, the shit-eating grin on her face. She's like, you got, you have no idea. I'm going to rip your head off, I and know. it's going to be so awesome. <laughs> She's kind of an asshole. She is. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love it, yeah. Um, I thought she was great. Um, Christopher Waltz. As always, that guy can't. Wonderful. He can't phone it in. I Show know. me a film where he's phoned it in. Here, Chris, you're gonna be just sitting on a set, and you're gonna be talking to a girl that's got a coat hanger on her face. I know. Um, and that's it. And also, you got to carry this unwieldy prop around that has a, a flame that comes out of the back. Right. Of it. And he just gives everything. Yes. He just sells it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying all this info dump. You know, the kind of clunky parts of the script. Mm-hmm. Cameron's dialogue, he has not been able to write dialogue since Titanic. And I would argue it was already, it was already like your eyesight failing. His, it was already failing. Okay. Uh, during Titanic, like sure. one of your French girls. Uh, um, but it's just, now he's just stuck. He's dead. And then his co writer, um, uh, Caligritus or whatever, she's, <laughs> she's not getting it done either. No. She wrote, Geniasis. Uh, she wrote on yeah. Altered Carbon. She wrote on a lot of clunky wooden dialogue movies and TV shows. So she's not helping. No. Normally you have an idea guy and maybe like a dialogue guy. Right. And you work Nobody's together. Nobody's doing anything here. No. So. But you don't feel it when he says the lines. He makes them work. Yes. Except, what are you dreaming, little angel? Like that doesn't, 
They're just trying to say angel enough times to yes. justify why this is called Battle, Battle Angel. Angel yeah. Why is it called Battle Angel? Well, how is she an angel? In the comic, Ito says, You're an angel. And he says that like a couple of times. Yeah. Also, you know? trying to drive it home. Yeah. Um, and then I think, you know, the battle part comes from, oh. Because she battles. Yeah. And right. she's. Do you want to hear two cool theories? Sure. <laughs> the first is not that cool. I just think it's part of the the Japanese naming thing mobile suit Gundam. Right. You know, it's like. There's two characters. You pick two characters. This mm-hmm. character means battle. This character means angel. Right. And then you usually have, they love English words or words right. or even German words. They love words that aren't part of their language. Mm-hmm. So you have two things that a Japanese viewer can go, it's, it's a bat, she's battling and she's an angel. She's an angel that fights. Yes. And her name's Alita. Right. So it's either that or she is in some ways an angel. Remember, they live in this city. It's a scrapyard in the manga. It's Iron yes. City. Which, take a few more passes at it, but whatever. Right. Uh, in the film. And it's below. And they all see this beautiful city in the clouds above them that, as far as they're concerned, is heaven. Mm-hmm. It's Zalem, like Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And so she has literally fallen yes. from this city. Yes. Like a certain angel we know. Right. She's Satan. Mm-hmm. She's somebody who has the most will of any of these people she won't be told what to do Very and if true. you let her go her get her way and go long enough she'll destroy the order that exists mm-hmm. she's a miltonian satan in this character uh, you know in this uh in the story no you're absolutely right no i don't know if uh yukito kishiro likes a lot of john milton <laughs> right i don't know if he's doing that on purpose because he never really leans on that um in the manga except for the fact that that's who she is. She is the X factor that comes in and destroys like the setup. But that's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of those emergent properties. I don't think anybody really gets why that is, but that's I think what it is. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense to me. So what we have is we have, unfortunately, you know, I, like I said, I like the story of her. Even in a movie that doesn't pass the Bechdel test, I think it's still right. a very feminist movie, and that she's somebody who. You know, is is not going to be told. You know what to do. She's not going to be told she can't. You know, she's going to do it. And it starts off as teenage rebellion, and then it becomes I'm making a choice, right? Because I this is the right thing to do, right? Um, what you lose, and, and it's just a run of the mill. That's every hero in every action movie is like that. What you lose from the comic is, and we wanted to talk about like depressing and failure and nihilism before. That's our mm-hmm. themes for the show, this right? Week, is that. <laughs> The manga creates a world that is you. You are all cogs in it. The villain is the system, right? The villain isn't yes. um, Grishka or Makaku, you know, or right. um, Destinova or whatever. The villain is this system that disregards human life and grinds you down. Mm-hmm. And so she—that's what she's sort of fighting against. You know, mm-hmm. she's being told first that she's not alive you know right she's just a head she's being told that <clears throat> she has to live in scrapyard because she's trash right you know then later on she's trying to save people everybody thinks that if they get from the scrapyard to Typharies or yes. to Z- Zalem, their lives yes. will be different but right. mild spoiler for the manga once they get there they realize that that is just the bo- another rung of a 
a ladder that goes up and up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a just another level of the pyramid that right. isn't anywhere near the top. Right. And so we don't see that. We see that Iron City is a kind of fun place to live. Right. They got burritos. They're, it's colorful. And dogs. And chocolate. Yeah, they got chocolate. They got yeah. all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're you're dumb and, and, and greedy and grasping to want to move beyond that, right. Hugo. Right. <laughs> you know, that that's yeah. your sin. Mm-hmm. It isn't that in the book, and I don't think that you, I know you've read it before, but I don't think you've read it recently, but in the book, he's absolutely right. Like, what he's not, what he's doing is wrong. Hugo, yeah. But to want what he wants, he she should get that. He just wants a better life. He wants mm-hmm. to follow his dream, and so he isn't, wrong for that necessarily no he's not i feel like he just seems like a dope in the movie he is kind of a dope he's like a dope who's like doing kind of nefarious things like and um shifty dope yeah exactly um and i don't think they 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 hit a lot like that that is his his dream to get off but (laughs) everybody's dream to get off I I guess (laughs) yeah so I just think that the dialogue and the script kind of lets it down otherwise like I think that some of the characters are really good and their interactions are good as far as the dialogue goes I think I had mentioned this before but there's a scene that they take from the third volume of the manga in which Alita following her thing of wanting to be the best Mm -hmm. um before she even gets on the track with the motorball champion, she like right. challenges him to like an arm wrestling match. And she's basically, and he's, I think it's one of those things where she shouldn't do it. And they, they put on the line, like she's like, if I lose, I'll just walk away from motorball. And if you lose, then, you know, you have to let us challenge you or something like that. Okay. And it's a thing where this is, we don't need to do this. You're really good. We can just go play right. him and win. And right. But you're going to do this right now. And then also she's like, yeah. And to to uh, to up the stakes, she that's when she opens her chest and takes her heart out and puts her heart on the table and is like, it's in the path of where her hand will land. If oh he, my goodness. So she's like, you know, I'm putting my life on the line. She, she like quadruples down. Yeah. And... That's it was always a weird thing. <laughs> it's just something that I think Carino or Kishiro came up with and was like, oh, that seems cool. Right. <laughs> but they include it in this. <laughs> they over include it. Excuse me. You want to just talk about something for a second? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> they include it with a, a scene with uh, Hugo. Teach me for talking too and, long. And uh, it's just kind of. I love it. Okay. I love it. Don't talk for me. <laughs> uh, I love it. They over. They, they overemphasize how important her heart is because it just yes, turns it do. into a MacGuffin and who cares. But I love the fact that she's trying to convince him. Oh, and we get a reverse uh, Twilight. Did you like that? What do you mean? Hugo is sleeping and Alita's in his in his window and she's like, Oh, that's true. I like to watch you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but and so he's like, she, she says it in the scene. She's like, it's all or nothing with me. Like, that's who I am. Yes. And she, she says- so you need, we're trying to make this money. And he's like, yeah, but I still need like 90000 And we know from the bounties that Ito's bagged, Alita could do that in like an hour like right. as a hunter warrior. Right. So she's like, I'll just go do this. And he's like, I don't want you to do that for me. Don't worry about it. She's like, you know, do it. Here, you know, I'll give you my heart. Yes. Get it? I'm doing a thing, but yes. also I'm ripping my heart out and showing it to you. And he's like, yeah, just put put that back. It's fine. I, I know. Like even, even Hugo is like, that's too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, 
crazy, crazy, crazy current girlfriend. <laughs> uh, and at the end of the scene, she's like, wow, that was kind of intense. <laughs> Which to me was like, that line doesn't belong there. You know why? I think that that's an ad lib. Mm-hmm. It's a great ad lib, mm-hmm. but it's so, that seems more natural than 90% of the things that people say in this dumb movie. Yeah, I know. And so I just don't, I don't know why you, is it just getting locked in this, this is a big deal? I'm James Cameron. This is everything is serious. You know, just imagine something like Dust Till Dawn or Desperado, like Rodriguez's other movies right. that are, yeah, they have parts where it's easier to pull trigger than play guitar. Right. You know, right. yeah, you got things like that. But right. it's also just, woo, Whimsy going crazy and, and spy kids. And, yeah, right? right. Yeah, we could have used a little more of that. A little more levity. Every once in a while, this movie tries to get out of its death grip on its mood. Once again, yes, and we have a little fun, and those moments don't even work because they don't feel like they fit. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, I... Recommend? Uh, yeah, I absolutely would recommend. I, I, I really enjoyed this. Um, I, you know, I think I might like the manga a little bit more than the the film itself. But I, <laughs> yeah, I, I like I, the manga way more than the I, film. I, I do. I, I did really enjoy the film. I, I thought that the film was 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 a pretty decent adaptation overall. I disagree. You do? I thought it was a bad adaptation. Okay. A good film. And I would recommend it based on that. Okay. But if you're a hardcore fan, you will be let down. Well, at, that's true. At them changing things and misappropriating what the themes are. Yes. And if you're a casual moviegoer, you won't engage with this really weird world I don't think and that's why it's only going to make about 40 million dollars this weekend which that, not great that seems low mm-hmm. if there's no drop off then that'll be 80 million dollars and they're not quite halfway they're about halfway to making their money back that's not great and I think a sequel is kind of unlikely which is too bad because it w- definitely, without spoiling, it left it open. They leave it open for a sequel. Yes. Leave them wanting more. Leave them wanting all of it. <laughs> but yeah, um, absolutely read the manga. Yes. Um, it is f- fantastic. And the guy just get. it's one of those things where, I mean, he started it 25, almost 30 years ago, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where you just watch a talent grow in front of you. Mm-hmm. Like the first volume's fine and the art's good, mm-hmm. but he just gets better and better. And he writes it too. You know, so many mangaka uh, have to do both. Right. You know? Yes. And they're sometimes better at one than the other. But I right. really think that his writing is really strong and his art is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, once we get to Last Order, the second series, there are some great parts of that. It just turns into Dragon Ball at the end. But it's a fun Dragon Ball. Sure. Not that Dragon Ball isn't fun. Right. Um, but it's amazing that he's still... And now he's got Mars Chronicle, which is very different than um, the first two volumes, but is also good and weird. And so keep going. He's the, he's the James Cameron of, of manga. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know if that's true at all. But you can get that um, in trade paperbacks. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll have a link uh, in the show notes where you can go probably buy those. I think they're in print, but we'll have to double check. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'd say go check out Alita Battle Angel. Yes. 3D or no? Um, I saw it in non-3D and I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, 
I saw it in 3D and it looks amazing, but I think I might have liked it more in 2D because I could actually tell what was going on in some of the scenes. <laughs> Which is uh, important. Like, Motorball is just, like, visual puke, like, in 3D. <laughs> like, you have no idea what's going on. And I actually felt the the speed and, like, the action more in the 2D version. So. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have expected that. But. Although, seeing Ed Screen's head get cut off in uh, 3D is the way to go. <laughs> Just right, cut his face right off. <laughs> there I go, there I go, there I go, there I go. Pretty baby, you are the soul who snaps my control. So that's it. Um, that's the, 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 the danger. Uh, of this is putting your heart out there, you yes, know, like Alita, literally. and maybe it getting crushed mm-hmm. or at least dinged up a little bit before right. you can put it back in your chest. And that's kind of what we're dealing with uh, mm-hmm. today. Um, couple adaptations that could have gone better than they did, mm-hmm. but might be worth pursuing still. Mm-hmm. Pursue us on go. social media. I don't know how I do it. <laughs> Just a professional. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter and uh, also Instagram, all those great places. Search for Just Enough Trope. Also, uh, follow us on the old uh, podcatching softwares, if you would. Search for Just Enough Trope on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. Subscribe to the show. Best way to get it comes right to you as soon as it's ready to go. And while you're there and you've listened to the show, leave us a review because we'd appreciate that. We'd appreciate hearing how you think we're doing. And probably the most important thing to do, and it takes no time at all, is to give us a rating. Just give us a nice high rating. That way we move up in the uh, ranks according to the algorithm Mm -hmm. and get exposed to more people and more people can hear about mood being doomed. I don't, I don't know. That's out there, right? If I it Google that, there. will I find that? Maybe I, I should. Will. I should TM that, maybe. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, so do that. And uh, if you would, leave us five, five hearts. Oh. Your heart is an antimatter microreactor. <laughs> and I like the part where she's like, okay, so you're like saying I'm like 300 years old. It was such a, like, you know, it's just like what a teenager would say. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> just, just smart out. Whatever, whatever, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then later on, she's like, you, you idiots. You <laughs> underestimated me. Right. That's what, they're going to ask why you died. <laughs> and everybody's going to know it's because. Because you underestimated me. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't you do that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, give us five stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd appreciate that. The stars that you can't see because Zalem is blocking them That's in the right. sky. <laughs> even holds that away from you. Next week, we're talking about, what, what do we call it? Dick tracing? Oh, yeah. I think that's me. We're talking what about we movies uh, based on Golden Age Hero comic books, yes. uh, non Big Two. So we're yes. talking about Carlton Comics. We're talking about um, King Features Syndicate stuff. Yes. Probably mostly King Features Syndicate stuff. Uh, the Phantom, The Shadow, those guys. Yes. Uh, and Rocketeer. the weird late 90s, early 2000s comic boom that could have started the comic movie revolution early. Yes. But did not. No. And it'll be self-evident why that didn't happen. <laughs> when we talk about these interesting but flawed films. So join us for that, and until next time, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hanna. Keep the geek fires burning. You can blow now if you want to. I'm through.